Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane. One thing we can promise is that our conversation will be less than fascinating so that you can just drift off. Thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep and follow us on Twitter at Listen and Sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano, and joining me on today's podcast is a dear friend of mine, Danielle Trzinski. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Thanks for having me. Now, we are here at my cottage in Woodland Beach, and we've been exploring the Georgian Bay area uh, the last couple of days. Have you enjoyed yourself here? I've had an amazing time, yes. We were just in Elmville at the flea market. Tell us what your thoughts are on flea markets and that one in particular. Well, it was really nice to see all the different items that everybody had. Mm -hmm. I love flea markets because of the stories they tell. Sure. Each item. What was the most interesting item that you picked up just less than a half hour ago at the flea market? Yeah, I saw a... um, I asked the man what it was, and sure. he said it was, it looked like a giant hamburger, and he said it was Mayor Hamburglar. Oh, the hamburger? Oh, no, Mayor McCheese. That's what it was. From McDonald's. Like, it was a, hum- I saw that, because it was like this humongous burger with eyes and a nose, and it was one of the McDonald's characters, right? Yeah, and I have to say it was one of the more expensive items I saw in the flea market. How much? It was kind of like a plexiglass, shiny. It looked like it would have been something that they had at McDonald's Playland or outside of McDonald's store to sort of invite people to come in or just to... Like a, like a big figure, almost yeah. like you would see in a wax museum, but it was just the head. It didn't have... Uh, Mayor McCheese's body just right. then. And how much was it selling for? It was selling for $550. Ouch. I said to the man who was selling uh, the product, I said, oh, this is very interesting. Uh, how does one have this? Right. Is it, what is the story? And he said he won it at an auction. So I just wonder, and I think this is a big reason why I love flea markets, is I just think the story of not only how they got it, but then what they do once they got it. Right. I mean, did he buy this specifically to sell, or 
Did he have a nephew or a niece he wanted? Maybe he has his own playground. Did it remind him of his youth? Yeah. Did it take him back to gentler times where you could have a burger as a kid and have these sort of different figures? Do you remember all the McDonald's characters? There was Mayor McCheese, the Hamburglar, the French Fry guys, Ronald, Ronald. Grimace. I'm you, sure I'm missing some, um, but yeah. Well, you definitely remember them. Mm-hmm. Well, because I phased, I think they phased some of them out because they weren't popular or they weren't, you know, it wasn't catching on. I think they wanted to do a whole like cartoon series of McDonald characters. Yeah, but but it is, I mean, it's interesting because as I don't know how it is with you, but mm-hmm. as I get older, the less and less I have McDonald's. But when I do think back on it, it was such a huge part of my childhood. Sure. And exactly what you're saying about going into the playhouse, mm-hmm. it wasn't just that you were going to get food. You got to go get food and then go and play in the balls and go through the tunnels right. and kind of have a, an experience mm-hmm. more than a meal. And when I was a kid, they had a caboose. So you could have your birthday party in a in a caboose of a train at the back of the McDonald's and it was just for parties. And what they would do is all your friends would get a hamburger, a drink, and fries. And then you'd have a cake at the end and that was your birthday party in the back of a McDonald's caboose. And you could rent it for, I guess, a couple of hours, but yeah. Yeah, what could make a kid any happier, you know? And now that we're talking about it, I actually remember I did have a birthday party at a McDonald's. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I don't know. It's interesting now that I'm older and looking back, I probably haven't really thought about McDonald's. Sure. And I think as we get older and we come, become more aware of the facts of health and dieting and restrictions and calorie intake, that we don't really think about McDonald's as a way of the memories we've had of our past. Sure. And I never really thought about it until this moment, actually you bringing it up. Right. And it all started with a flea market trip. There you go. You know, I love their fries, which brings me to the humble potato. What's your favorite way to have potatoes? Like, do you like a mash? Do you prefer a baked potato? Yeah. You know, actually, I am very much into the sweet potato oh the yam or the sweet potato they're two different things you know they are and Mm -hmm. it still kind of confuses me Uh, i would say that i have sweet potatoes about almost four times four to five times a week really that much yeah and why is that they are so healthy for you sure and not only that they are very filling Mm -hmm. um so so let me ask you this yeah. how do you prefer your sweet potato because i love sweet potatoes but i once had sweet potato pie where they put like marshmallows on it and it was and i love pie yeah but it wasn't my thing oh, so what's you no know, what's your sweet potato thing my sweet potato thing is right now i'm really into this kind of um vegetable medley oh i would say every sunday uh, my boyfriend and I get together and we make this massive veggie meal. Meaning okay. We get the sweet potato, of course. Yes. We do zucchini, onion, broccoli, cauliflower, 
squash and then once we prepare it we put it all in cut, dice it all up put it in with some olive oil mm-hmm. put it in with lots of spices basil, which spices basil okay. oregano Himalayan salt. Yes, of course, thing. that beautiful pink salt. Gorgeous salt. I love, I love salts because they've sort of become this new featured item in the culinary world. So, for example, have you ever had Malden salt? No, I never have. So, Malden salt is this salt from, I believe, Wales, the UK, from the from the shores of some island in the UK, and what it looks like is little rectangular snowflakes so it's all crystallized and it's really delicate when you uh, put it on your food it's molten and I think it's called M-A-U-L-D-O-N molten salt so um, like Himalayan salt it's one of these sort of new salts so what I've noticed is you're finding these salts more and more in different grocery stores or fine food stores like there's black salts or salts that have been infused with red wine like a merlot salt and i've even had squid ink infused salt so they take the squid ink or the cuttlefish ink and they infuse it into the salt where it becomes black yes and then it flavors your food in particular your seafood really well wow so so you sorry i took you off the uh no but this is great though because i'm not really a big chef i've never really learned how to cook or maybe had the time and i never realized the importance of salt right affecting the taste of a meal and i don't know if you watch any of those cooking shows like chopped Mm -hmm. or cutthroat kitchen right but a lot of times it wasn't until those shows that people said oh no i forgot to put salt on it yeah and that was like the make or break moment on if they were going to go to the next level. Sure. And of course, we all have to be conscious of how much salt intake right. with the sodium. But it is amazing how spices can completely change a meal. You know, it's funny you should say that. And what I've heard is it's the iodized table salt that you have to be careful of because it could raise your blood pressure and cause all kinds of damage but salts like the himalayan salt that you mentioned yes. as well as malden salts and these sort of sea salts or the i think it's called um sel de mer which is uh, a french gray salt a sel uh, gris i think it is in french uh, nidi would be able to speak to this because she's my French expert but all these salts are actually more in line with sort of like your the saltiness of your tears and so they actually help your body versus the iodized salt which is not good for you so um, and their flavors are much more subtle than you know the tables of the white table salt that you have so cook with salt I guess is what I'm trying to say yeah I had no idea Mm -hmm. do you peel your sweet potatoes or do you just chop them and leave the skin off? You know, it's better for you to leave the skin on. But if you don't know, uh, cooking potatoes takes a very long time. So this big meal we make on Sundays, I've found it's just faster to peel and chop. And then we put a little bit of water in okay, and put it into the microwave for eight minutes. Oh, I see. 
And so we have that cooking while we're dicing everything else because everything takes much faster to cook in the pan than the, than the sweet the, potato. Yeah. So we basically have cooked the potato by the time we put it into mm. the pan with the other vegetables. So we skin it, although I'm sure that it would be healthier. And I've, sure. I've just, I think at this point, preferred the taste. It's a bit of a smoother taste. Right. Um, but the meal favorite part of the meal has to be for me the sweet potato so it is interesting you that go. you wanted to talk about potatoes today. well you know it's interesting too because uh i feel like the sweet potato has always been the potato's ugly little cousin but now it's sort of becoming something that people like you said like yourself i should say uh gravitate towards because it's got a sweeter taste as the name would suggest but it's also i find as versatile as the t- as the potato so i will often make mashed potatoes and I'll incorporate sweet potatoes into the potatoes giving it a kind of neat color and flavor it'll give it a a little bit more sweetness wow I never thought about doing that maybe that'll have to be something I incorporate in my next vegetable medley for sure now you had mentioned that this big object was the most interesting thing you found at the flea market my interesting find was a kids game called gobble gobble which is about various farm animals. And when I say various, four farm animals. The goose, the turkey, the pig, and the cow. And I've, I've never seen this game before, but you basically move your, your turkey, goose, cow, or pig around the board, and each step you make with them, or each sort of little space that you move them, you're supposed to oink, quack, gobble or moo and that's all i know that's all i've seen so far of the game but that's the game i purchased for it said three dollars on the game but i only had to pay two that is certainly a steel deal and then we bought an oar a canoe oar that we want to put above the headboard of one of the rooms and some fiesta wear now what is fiesta wear is that so, a hat? No, it's it's funny you should ask that. Fiesta wear is something that is is a type of ceramics or a type of glass and kitchenware. So they make plates, they make pitchers, they make cups, they make uh, you know anything that you would have in the home, and they're brightly colored. And I guess it's the way they glaze or fire the the glaze, or when they did it back in the day, and it would produce these beautiful like pastel greens or these bright oranges and these deep deep indigo blues and so they became very popular and one of the interesting things about fiesta wear is that it's perfectly acceptable to mix and match so you could be drinking out of a mint green cup and i could be drinking out of a mustard yellow cup as long as it's fiesta wear it all sort of goes together and my sister-in-law becca who was on past episodes has fiesta wear in her daily use in her home and my in-laws who uh, my father-in-law was on uh, the show as well daniel barker talking about symbols in their florida home they would have a lot of this fiesta wear so then i said to my wife amanda who we mentioned quite often in the show i would love fiesta wear at our cottage because it reminds me of your family and so we've started to collect fiesta wear so they had four 
I guess rose pink is that how you describe the color? Do you see those vases? Yeah, those I would cups say right rose there? pink. Uh, four rose pink mugs, Fiesta wear, for fifteen dollars. And the funny thing was, I wasn't certain when I saw it if she was charging fifteen dollars a mug or fifteen dollars for the set. So I played it a little coy, coy Danielle, and I just said to her, "Is it fifteen for the cup or for the set?" And she said the set, and I said, "Okay." I'll be back. Ooh. And there you go. That was my experience at the flea market. Yeah. It's interesting, again, because you're talking about how it kind of made you nostalgic for the Barker family. And that's what I kept feeling while we were walking throughout the flea market. Sure. Is, I don't know if you know the name of it. What are those? It's the Tupperware where it's uh, white porcelain, and a lot of them will be like, um, is it Pyrex? Is it the Pyrex? Is, is that what it is when you have a like a green bean casserole dish and then the blue is, has the light baby blue design? Yeah, I want to say Pyrex, but I could be wrong. Yeah, and again, it's one of those things that I don't really think about porcelain set pieces or kitchenware. Sure. And it immediately made me think of my mother's kitchen growing up. We have this one uh, same kind of casket or what is that called like like a, like uh, a casserole dish sure and um that she only brings it out at thanksgiving uh, and then i started getting nostalgic for you know thanksgiving meals and thinking about right. home and all just by walking through the flea market and i love that so it's not only just an experience of thinking of other people's stories but also our own stories and how sure. it relates to us and a very nice surprise for just a casual stroll through a flea market on a Sunday um, which was just lovely which reminds me of when my mother prepares Thanksgiving dinner we have a salt and pepper shaker in the shape of turkeys and they're really really detailed and I believe I bought them at a flea market. Now, I don't think it, it was the Elmville flea market that we went to, but it was another flea market that I picked them up. But they're so distinct. I'm actually going to show them to you because we have them um, here. And they will be featured on the Thanksgiving table. And I know that a lot of people, when there is a special occasion, will bring out certain types of plates or silverware or items that they put on their tables. Does your family have anything like that that they bring to a, a, a dinner table on a sp special occasion? Yes, we have our own salt and pepper shakers. Okay. It's a lady pilgrim and a man pilgrim. Okay. And I just love this thing of tradition that comes out. Our family has a lot of traditions that come out only on the holidays. Sure. So one of them being we all sit around the table and my mother puts a uh, popcorn kernel on each plate oh. and then before we start the meal we have a little tiny bowl and each person we go around and you pick up your kernel and each person says what they're thankful for in their life oh wow it's very nice this and is when do you do this on... this is on uh thanksgiving okay and we go around, each person says what they're thankful for, and it really is beautiful to see what each person is thankful for and seeing where they're at in their time of life, sure. because you'll have uh, 
people saying like, I'm so happy I found a wonderful partner this year. I'm so thankful for the new job I have. Sure. Or you have the, you know, my sweet cousin who's younger and they'll say, I'm thankful for my dog or, you know, so. And it's all with the popcorn. So whoever has the popcorn. Yeah. Whoever's holding the popcorn and then they say what they're thankful for. Right. And then they put it in the dish and then they pass it on to the next person. Okay. And normally by the end, um, people get emotional and there are tears and then we all just want to eat. So we want to hurry up. Because it's getting cold. Right. What happens to the popcorn when it goes to the last person? Then it goes around the, the entire table. Everyone says uh, what they're thankful for. Mm-hmm. And then we take the little bowl and right. we put it at the center of the table. Oh. And then we say uh, Thanksgiving prayer. Sure. Um, before the meal. Enjoy the meal. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Okay. And then after the meal, we say another prayer I believe an after oh, prayer that's great. yeah and you know whether you're religious or not it is nice to just be thankful or uh, take course. a moment to be grateful or reflect on our your life and everyone else's I love these traditions that one would have for different holidays yeah I have a tradition of giving my mom and my aunt um silly and crazy Christmas gifts that are the same so that they can open them up and laugh and one time I bought my mother and my aunt this pillow that you could put your feet in to keep your feet warm that sounds like an amazing gift and my aunt put her feet in it and she couldn't get out and she had to run to the bathroom because she was laughing so hard and I won't let you know whether she made it or not but it's certainly a tale that we tell every Christmas of my aunt waddling with the pillow stuck to her legs trying to make it to the bathroom that so, is a fun yeah, tradition so these traditions are pretty you know pretty neat. we have a pretty uh, not crazy but some some would describe it crazy tradition mm-hmm. for Christmas okay it's called Begilia okay uh, it's on it's a Polish tradition. Okay, because your family's part Polish, is yeah, that correct? Yeah, part Polish. Uh, with a name like Trzynski, I would yeah. imagine. Right? And this um, tradition is on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And the Italians do this too, where you're not allowed to have any meat. It's supposed to be fish because I think one of the Pope's brothers was a fisherman. And so the Pope decreed that you could not have meat the day before Christmas, the day... Uh, and on Good Friday. So those oh. were the two days that I know for Catholics, they were supposed to eat fish. Yes. And normally you do, I think it's seven. Right. Seven fish, like a seven fish stew or, yeah, or soup. Yeah. Courses of, of different course, course. fish yeah. and seafood. So on the Polish side, mm-hmm. they do a white meal, meaning basically everything on the entire table is white, meaning you have pierogies. Yum. Which is my favorite food. Just we have the cheese pierogies, the onion, the mushroom. But and then we they have the white fish. They make a sweet potato pierogi too. Have you had that? I have. Okay. It's delicious. So before we have this meal, though, the begilia, the traditional part is, we take the Eucharist. It's like a Eucharistic bread, and okay. we break it up. And each person gets a chunk. 
Mm -hmm. And now, whereas before for the Thanksgiving going around the table, it was more of a communal, everyone can hear what everyone is saying. Sure. This is a more private moment where each person goes up to each person privately. Oh. And you say now what you're wishing for them for the year. So what happens is it starts as very generic or, you know, I wish you health, mm -hmm. wealth, happiness, love. Right. And then normally it turns very personal. Oh. And very emotional. Wow. Because how often in life do we all really say what we feel for each person, looking at them in their eyes? Sure. And, you know, I don't know how often we all get together with our families, but for us it's the whole family once a year is this Christmas, uh, Christmas time. So, and normally what ends up happening is we have my family, which is me um, and my two sisters, right. my mom and dad, and then my 95-year-old grandmother, Italian oh, wow. grandmother, okay. doesn't speak much English. Amazing. And then we have the um, significant others of the girls, mm -hmm. and then there'll always be like a random office person of who course. had nowhere to go, so he's uncomfortably doing this bagilia. The Christmas orphan, if you will. Right? Yes, we sure. always bring in a straggler. And so everybody goes up to each person and, you know, it starts with, I wish you love and then I'm so proud of you mm -hmm. and then it turns into a bawling mess. And then once you're done doing the one person, you break off a piece of their, you're supposed to be breaking it off as you're saying it. So right. everything you're wishing, you're, you're breaking a piece and eating it. Right. But you don't want to do too much because you got to share, share it with sure. everyone. And then after each person goes... Again, Italians, you got girls, we're all emotional, right. everyone's crying. And then you turn and you do like the random office person. <laughs> and you're like, hello, I don't really know you, but I wish you good luck at my dad's office. There you go. What a lovely tradition. I've never heard of this tradition before, but I think that's absolutely fabulous. Apart from all the tears. Um, Salty tears, if you will. Yes. But um, I think that's a wonderful tradition. Yes. I, I might try to incorporate that into my family. I know that, you know, holiday traditions can be quite special like that, or they can be as simple as having a shamrock shake at McDonald's for um, St. Patrick's Day, which is one of my traditions. Oh, have you really? ever had a shamrock shake? I've never even heard of it. Oh, I, I, I would have imagined that they do in the U.S., but it might be only a thing that they do here in Canada where McDonald's will make a gr bright green, gr like a mint green shake, which is called the Shamrock Shake. It sounds and delicious. It's kind of minty. I know that um, Danielle is from the U.S. and she's visiting, and I've been sort of exposing you to some uniquely Canadian sort of dishes or treats and stuff. Yes. Have you ever had tiger tail ice cream? No. Okay. Well, do you see that? ice cream store right out the window there yes you and i right after we finish recording this episode are going to walk over and have some tiger tail ice cream and it's orange sherbet with swirls of black licorice wow and it's called tiger tail so we'll we'll enjoy some of that danielle i want to thank you for being on our show today oh i should mention that you are a writer a writer of musical theater and an actor and you wrote non-equity the musical yes. tell me a little bit about that uh, for those people who are not actors mm -hmm. uh, non-equity 
is basically when you're first starting out to be an actor, you are non-union, um, and equity is the union for stage actors. Yes, yeah, stage actors. Um, so people have no idea that in order when you are breaking into this business and you're non-union, what actors go through, specifically in New York City, sure, um, of standing in line with hundreds of people to just audition. So I wrote this musical that is a comedic but also a very loving tale of these young kids, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, going after their dreams of becoming an actor in New York City. Amazing. Now, our listeners can find that on iTunes, is that correct, if they want to, to get a copy of it? Yes. And our listeners should also look out for the latest musical you're working on. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, the newest musical I'm working on is uh, with my fellow creators, Amanda Barker and Natalie Tenenbaum with Chris Bond. And this is a ladies' night out musical. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. So it's specifically for a bunch of women to go out and have a good time? Yeah, leave the men at home. Sure. Leave the kids at home. Put on your little black dresses and have a night where you can just relax, have fun, and laugh. And what's this musical called? It's called Little Black Dress. Well, there you go. So look out for that. Yes. It's coming to you very soon. Until then, Danielle, thank you so much for being part of our podcast. Thanks for having me. We invite you to rate our podcast on iTunes because that will help us to continue to bring you episodes like this one you just listened to. And we hope you were able to listen and sleep. As always, tonight's podcast was produced by Drumcast Productions, and we were recording from Georgian Bay, Ontario.